Welcome to the Sports Epreneur Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide, a CatSource family production. This podcast exists in large part because of CatCM, the content marketing business inside CatSource Inc. So what does CatCM do? You know how many business leaders need help communicating their story? Well, that's what we do. Content creation and distribution for business leaders. This provides opportunities, relationships, and a platform for you and your business. Why do we do this? Because at CADCM, we exist to help business leaders build a meaningful legacy that is worth living and leaving. Learn more by visiting cadcm.com. Our guest today is Tony Tenero, Managing Chair for C12 Greater Charlotte. I'm super excited to have Tony join me in our office for this chat. He is the kind of person you want to be around. And that's just not me talking. Ask any of the members of his C12 group or just watch him walk into the office with a smile on his face. We are grateful for Tony spending his time with us. And with that, let's welcome Tony Tenero. Like, go way back, and we're talking about Maryland. And obviously, I'm going to draw the connection Buffalo and Maryland to Frank Reich. And Houston Oilers come to town for a playoff game, and Jim Kelly can't play. I'm getting emotional (laughs) talking about it, right? And of course, later on, they end up losing the Super Bowl again, but that's another story for another day. Frank Reich's the quarterback. We're sitting on one side with my brother. My dad and my cousin are on the other side of the stadium. This is before cell phones. And it was freezing cold and we wanted to leave. We would have done anything to leave. If you would have come, tapped us on the shore, said, we're out of here, we're gone. Couldn't leave, couldn't get in touch with them because it's 80,000 seat stadium there. And so we're going to, the whole plan was we're going to meet at the car after the game. So we couldn't leave. So we stayed. Frank Reich leads the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. It was like, Nothing I've ever seen to that point and nothing I've seen since then. I've seen comebacks, but the stage, the atmosphere, the whole thing. Frank Reich was not the starting quarterback. He was, he had won games for the Bills in the past. Jim Kelly always like, I don't think Jim Kelly is what he is without Frank Reich being by his side. You don't get that in today's NFL. You know, if a backup quarterback's good enough and win some games, he's going to, Tom Brady, Jimmy Grappolo, he's going to go start for the 49ers. Right? Something's going to happen. That didn't happen. He got, he was in later on with the Panthers. So we're going to get to that. Frank Reich was obviously at Maryland. And remember, the story comes out. It's like, well, he led the greatest college comeback ever. This stuff doesn't happen by accident. There are stories, and we can dig into it a little bit deeper, but like, he never freaked out. He went in the locker room. He's like, he's like him and Marv Levy, another one. They didn't, there's just some belief that they had that they're going to be okay. And that doesn't mean they're going to win, right? right? Some people get that twisted. Like, oh, they had this belief, and well, they ended up still losing the second half. But you do that enough times, you have enough belief. A couple of things bounce your way. They got a couple of lucky breaks. There's no down BB catches the ball runs. Today's NFL, they would have seen, oh, he stepped out of bounds by like an inch. They wouldn't have counted. But that's the breaks, right? That's how right. bills have been screwed long uh, many times before. But Frank Reich, Maryland, then he comes to Charlotte. Now he's a head coach. You've had interactions with him. I saw him speak at the Touchdown Club probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And such a humble guy. He was the offensive. Yeah. He was a quarterbacks coach for Peyton Manning. And he made jokes about like how it's the easiest job in the world. If you're the quarterback coach for Peyton Manning, it's like, I don't have to do anything, but it would take someone like Frank Reich to be that humble about it. Anyway, I just think it's, there's all these different connection points, Maryland, Buffalo, Frank Reich. Talk to me a little bit about Frank Reich. Yeah. I think, uh, well, for the Mar- you know, he was not the starting quarterback in Maryland either. And, uh, I, I think I was in Las Vegas at the time at a convention. And they were playing Tennessee, and I thought, oh my gosh, I got to, what's going on with the game? So I turn it on, and and they're down, you know, multiple touchdowns, hopeless. You think it's over. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so I thought, you know, I'm going to, 
I've got something to go do. I'm going to go do that. And then I'll check on him again. So I turn it back on and all of a sudden Maryland's scoring. I'm like, I got to find it. You know, I got, I got to go find some place to watch this game. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no place to watch. I mean, they didn't even show that game anywhere, you know? So I'm, I'm huddled around some broadcast of it somewhere, just listening to this, this thing. And, and it's all of a sudden, okay, it's another touchdown. Wait, another touchdown, yeah. Wait a minute, another touchdown, you know, and Tennessee's getting stopped and stopped and stopped. And it was just that momentum was just that great feeling. And then, so later uh, when Frank Wright came to uh, Charlotte, I was part of this little men's group that would meet one morning every couple of weeks. And it was a combination like pray together, have a Bible study kind of thing, and just kind of catch up on life together. And Frank Reich came a couple of times and he never mentioned any of that. I knew it well. And uh, I told him about it and he went, yeah, uh, you know, I've, I forget what he said. Something like, yeah, I've, I've relived this many times with many fans, you yeah, know, kind of thing, sure, right? right? You can right, imagine, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but the, the, what he actually did say, I, I don't think he would mind me saying it. I mean, it was, wasn't really confidential. He talked about teaching his kids how to win, but also how to lose. And he, was, he had a young family at the time, and he used Monopoly to kind of teach them how to lose gracefully as well as to win. And I thought that was pretty powerful. And so it was, a, it was a great takeaway from that guy. And it just kind of showed you the kind of guy he is. And you probably would love to see him at Buffalo. I would love to see him at Maryland. Yeah. But, yeah. The opportunities at both places. And yeah. they talked and it's interesting because he didn't have maybe the background because he was in Philadelphia. He yeah. got, that was after probably Maryland. It was, it was uh, no, it was Philadelphia while he was at, uh, while he was at Philadelphia. I think it was either while at Philadelphia or right, right around in there somehow. Yeah. And then, of course, he was you know, getting Philadelphia interviews went to before, the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. They yeah. go to the Super Bowl, a great year, win the Super Bowl. He's interviewing with Buffalo. And the Bills this year are doing well, and they got a good program, yeah. and, and they have some. Yeah. And it might not have worked out because it might have been too, like you just said before, too much reliving the past. Indianapolis doesn't have that history with Buffalo. They were in the same division for a while with the right. Bills, but it's separate. They had their own identity. Sometimes I wonder, you've seen it with Joe Gibbs going back to the Redskins. You saw it with Marv Levy coming back to be the general manager. You see right. it in a lot of different places. Like, well, if we go bring the past back to the future, back to the present, maybe we can have some of that again. And you, it's like, you know, it's, it's tough. Still, what got you here won't get you there kind of thing, right? I mean, it really is. So I almost think it's like a blessing in a way that he got to go to his own place and form his own identity. And they right. had a game, I think it was, it was last year, right? It was his first year. And they went for it. Yeah. And they, and they went right. for it in a place in overtime, right? Right. That if they don't get it, there's a chance that they're going to, I think it was right. Houston too. It was like yeah, the they, game. I mean, they could have, they could have just kicked the extra point. Kicked the extra point yeah. or, or, or punt or just let's take the tie. Right. And he just, and he's leading his team because he knew and people were blaming him and they were going after him. And that was the beginning of their streak. Yeah. And it was like, he knew it doesn't right. matter what all these outside forces and all ESPN and all these fans or whatever. Right. He's making a decision based on what he knows is going to help him and his team. Doesn't it make you think that a guy like Frank Reich, when he went into those Maryland huddles, those Buffalo huddles, and when he just, when he said at uh, you know in Indianapolis, we're going for it. I mean, doesn't that just say to people, we're winners. We can win. Yeah, you know, we're not settling. There's a status. You know, when you look at results, you can see like. If you look at results over time, there's, a, there's like a, just a little bar graph of little ups and downs of results over time. If you settle for the status quo, you get what you have. 
you know, it might be a little better sometime, a little worse sometime, but you get what you have. And I think what he said is, no, there's, there's something better out there to go for than just what we have. And now everybody thought was writing him off because luck retires. Right. And here they are. Here they are again. Jacoby Brissett, right? I mean, here At what here point do you stop counting those types of people out? Yeah. And they might not win. And that's the thing. So there's going to be people waiting. He's right. going to lose eventually. He's right. going to lose again. And he'll have a bad year. If he's there long enough, he's going to have bad years. It's just inevitable, like you're saying. But it's not going to be a for lack of going for it because he's, like you said, teaching his kids. He, he already knows how to lose. He can handle that. He can handle the losing. But with it, he's going to... But he knows how to win. Yeah. That's right. Oh, he knows yeah. how to win. He's, yeah. 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 If you, if you live your life for the crowd, you're probably going to have an unfulfilled, miserable life. You really can't live for the crowd. Well, that's someone you see and you see fulfillment. You see it when he talks, you see it in his smile, you see it in his, he's not, he's not freaking out. He's never yeah. too high. He's never too, I mean, I'm not, obviously we're not there with him. We're not sitting right. in the conference room with him and right. talking about the next week's game, yeah. but, and I'm sure there's, there's something there. There is that fulfillment. There is that smile. Thank you for listening to the Sports Epreneur Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Now go get it.